Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Noter Francesco, and I'm joined, as always, by my grandpa, Husker Dan from Husker Max, in the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska. Grandpa, how are you this fine April 2nd morning, first episode of April? Yesterday was April Fool's Day. Did you pull any good pranks? Did I get any pranks? Oh, did you pull any? I don't know. No, I, no, 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 no. I, I, <laughs> they don't do that on people my age because we, <laughs> we feel over the heart attack or something. But now it's, uh, but I, you know, it's supposed to be, they're saying it's supposed to be 80 degrees here. I don't know, Tuesday or Wednesday, something oh, like that. My goodness. I don't know. I don't know. And then it's supposed to be down the tank on Thursday, like high in the low 40s. So this is welcome to springtime in Nebraska. And it, it's exactly Fort Collins, too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, well, we're glad to hear that. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. And I think really the, the news that we've been talking about for a bit in the past, at least the past two episodes that finally got resolved, all the questions we had about Izzy Bourne and Jazz Shelley, they finally announced their decisions. And uh, they're, but one of them, uh, I, I mean, I would, the, the best way that this could have turned out for Nebraska was that both of them stay. Second best option is one of them stays. That's what ends up happening. Jazz Shelley said she's going to stay uh, at guard next season for Amy Williams. Uh, and then Izzy Bourne is going to forgo her fifth season at Nebraska and is going back to Australia to go and play pro women's basketball there. What are your initial thoughts when you saw this? Izzy Bourne came out with her statement first. I sent you this. It was from the Nebraska t- official Twitter or whatever. Um, on, and then so I think mm-hmm. Izzy announced hers on Wednesday. And then Jazz was yesterday or the day before, yeah. I think. Um, so the, what were your initial thoughts when you saw both of those? Well, in, as you said, Izzy came out first, and I thought, well, there goes Jazz. They're both from yeah, Boston. that's what I thought. That's what I thought, too, I thought, yeah. And they weren't going to do it on the same day to just, you know, and I understood that. And I was prepared for Jazz to announce that she was she was heading out the door, too. So this, this is, uh, I mean, you'd love to have Izzy in there. For another at least another year, but it's not going to happen. And so, I, yeah, I was, I was excited. I, I think I texted you and I said, "Jazz is staying," you know. And yeah, you may have heard that already, but it was. Um, I'm excited about that. They, uh, I'm sure Amy Williams is is feeling a little happier too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, when you have like just getting Jazz Shelley, and I feel like I mean Izzy Bourne was a key part of that team, but Jazz Shelley is really the leader of that team, and so I think that is a. It, out of the two, I would have liked to have Jess Shelley come back if yeah. I could pick. I would. I mean, as I said, I would have liked to have both of them come back. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So just having having Jazz come back is still really big for Nebraska. Um. And they can build around her next year, and she can be their uh, experienced player that they can play through. So hopefully, she doesn't have to deal with any injury, anything like that. Um. But but we'll see where that goes. Um, I know we I know we talk a lot about Nebraska sports and and obviously we're talking about women's basketball. I got to see uh, the uh, South Carolina, yeah, South Carolina, um, Iowa game with uh, Caitlin Clark playing for Iowa. Oh yeah, she's amazing, and they're playing yeah. for the national championship this afternoon. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to catch that. She's an amazing player. I, I'm yeah. just. You know, and it, it, she, this is Big Ten, and Iowa's almost like Nebraska. They're so much alike. Um, so I'm, I'm got to give her props. I, I would say Caitlin could play for a lot of men's teams. That's how good she is. 
Yeah, she. I mean, when you score, she scored forty something points, forty four points 41. or something. Yeah, forty one. Yeah, in a in a national semifinal game against undefeated South Carolina. Yeah, it's like there's that crazy. is all it's you crazy. need. That's all you need. It's that. And that she is, has like, all the pressure on the world. She, you know, she won the the Naismith uh, Award, which is like the Heisman of of women's basketball. Um, and they have all that pressure. It was like, oh boy, you miss a shot, and it's like, oh, what you know, you're terrible. But she yeah. comes through. She came through in uh, in uh, uh, with flying colors under extreme pressure. So I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm also seeing your your T-shirt that you have on. And you want to talk about that for a second? Yeah. So I mean, I, I talked about this a couple of weeks <laughs> ago, but we made some custom T-shirts. I got Grandpa's upstairs in my room right now, but. Uh, they just they came in from Russell Ortiz. Look great, uh, really comfortable. But uh, I did I, I haven't checked the Google form or anything. I put a Google form on the last episodes, just kind of a feeler to see if anyone would be interested in buying them. But uh, obviously you can't see the. On, tell them what's on the front and the back. Well, right. So in the let's see, in the front left. Um, if you're well, if you're facing me, it would be front right. But on the front left of the shirt, uh, on the front, I I guess I just said front left. Why did I need to say anyway? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's got the uh, red. It's Sunday State morning, of... for goodness sakes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, it's got a red uh, Nebraska, uh, like the state of Nebraska outline, uh, or not outline. It's actually the, it's a full red state of Nebraska with a white football uh, on the western side. Or sorry, yeah, western side of eastern no, side. Eastern side. Eastern side of Nebraska. Uh, really, I tried to I tried to put it around where Lincoln was when I was designing it, and then on the back we got our. Uh, how about the Muskers logo? And it says established 2022. So uh, they're pretty sweet. I mean, I was at, we have college t-shirt days at, uh, at, at my, at my high school that we go to uh, every last Friday of the month. So coincidentally, that was this past Friday. And so both me and my sister were wearing this shirt and everyone was like, what's that about? I was like, oh, well, let me tell you, <laughs> I have this thing I've been doing for like a year. Um, so yeah, but uh, they're they're really really nice shirts, so I'm excited to get Grandpa his, and we can uh, wear them at the spring game together because I think I'm gonna come out there for that. So we'll let you guys know if that ends up happening. But anyway, uh, let's get back to actual Husker news. Um, let's move on to men's basketball. Unless you have anything else you want to say about the women's side here, Grandpa? No, no, that's all right. That's good. Uh, so men's basketball transfer portal stuff is starting to happen now. Uh, Isaac Tr- uh, Troud is that? How do yeah. you pronounce uh, Troud? Yeah, Troud. Uh, from from Grand Island, Nebraska. He was playing at Virginia. Uh, he entered the transfer portal and he com- committed to Creighton. So he's coming back home, just not to Nebraska. I get that Creighton made the Elite Eight. Probably should have made the Final Four if they don't have that dumb foul in the last second there to yeah. let San Diego State through. Which, speaking of which, that San Diego State FAU game from last night was amazing. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, so, yeah. and then also Hunter Zalas, uh, who plays for Gonzaga, he's been playing for them in the past two years, I think. Yeah. Um, and so he's a former Millard North four-star player. Um, he is a very good player. I've seen him play for, a, I mean, as I said, a couple of years. But he's he entered the portal. Uh, Nebraska could definitely use him. There's been some rumors of him going to Creighton. Um, and But he hasn't announced anything yet, so we'll see. Uh, and then Chucky Hepburn, uh, he might – has he entered the transfer portal yet? No, that, no. no? It's, just, it's just a rumor. Okay, so I mean, he he's playing with Wisconsin. Wisconsin lost in the quarterfinal of the w, of the I was going to say the WNIT tournament. That would not happen. But uh, uh, oh, really? One <laughs> quick thing about women's basketball. Uh, 
props to Nebraska. They lost to the eventual champion of the WNIT. Kansas won the entire thing last night. So uh, I'll give them. I'll give them that. That's when you lose in a tournament, you might as well. You, the best loss you can have is to the eventual champion. So. Uh, oh, and, then, and then and then Nebraska was without Sam Hybe. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's only nine point game. So you know, so, who knows? Who yeah. knows? Yeah, that's, so, that's a good point. Good. Good point. Yeah. Great. Anyway, so back to Chucky Hepburn though. Um, he may or may not enter the transfer portal. Just as as Grandpa said, it was a rumor. Uh, he's from Omaha. So if he transfers, maybe he wants to come back home. Maybe he wants to play for Nebraska, stay in the Big Ten. Maybe he wants to go to Creighton. Who knows? Um, but he he's a very good player. He's uh, played at Wisconsin for two years now. Um, he's been their leading point guard, leading scorer for those past two years, I believe, uh, in some solid Wisconsin teams. So um, we'll see where he goes. But anything you wanted to say there, or you just want to ring up those guys? No, that's just that's uh, that's enough. It's All right. Like, I don't mean it like that's enough. Stop it. You know, I don't mean yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and let's move on to Husker baseball. Now we haven't talked about them in a little bit. I wonder, I, I forget if we went through the record last week, but uh, they had two games over the weekend in Abilene, Texas. They had a double header on Saturday. So yesterday they split that. Uh, they beat Texas A&M Corpus Christi 12-1. And they lost to Abilene Christian three to five. And it, one of the things worth noting is that uh, uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, Crispy, Crispy, Christy, <laughs> Crispy. <laughs> their record is 13 and 15. And then Abilene Christian is 21 and six for the season. So that probably tells you the difference in the, in the two scores. Just. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, Abilene Christian is, I think they, beat Tennessee or something like that. They've, they've beat one of these big major powers. They're a good team. Um, and Nebraska only losing them by two is no yeah. – uh, that's, that's not too shabby there. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and then the baseball team's headed to Manhattan, Kansas, to play Kansas State on Tuesday night. Uh, they're not playing any games on Sunday. Uh, they hey. lost last Sunday to Illinois in a game that both you and I kind of thought after Nebraska had schnockered Illinois in the in the in the – First two games of the series, yeah. you thought, okay, they're going to have this one. They lost this game 10-7. So I don't know what changed. I wonder if it was pitching or something like that. But you let in 10 runs, you probably are going to lose games if you let in 10 yeah. runs. Uh, and then on Tuesday, they beat North Dakota State 4-1. Um, so uh, that brings them to 15-9-1 on the year. They're 2-1 and in the Big Ten. Uh, after this K-State game, they go back into Big Ten play, and I think it's in the heart of Big Ten play after that. So we'll really see what happens there. Uh, I think they play Creighton a couple times, and they they need to avenge that loss uh, that they they they, yeah. they barely lost to Creighton uh, two Mondays ago. So, yeah, what are your what are your thoughts on this baseball team uh, after this week, here, Grandpa? Well, it's you know, are they on a pace to be in the College World Series? They're not in a where they were the last time they were there in the College World Series. So, but the season is still early. I think pitching on that Sunday, their their third rotation guy is uh, they've not settled in on somebody who can get you know strikeouts. So yeah, and I was listening to one of Will Bolt's press conferences. We were talking on Husker Sports Nightly or whatever, uh, and he was saying that they're like tr- they're struggling to find someone that can fi- be in that third rotation yeah. that they really trust. So Dang they got to get that figured out before you get in Big Ten play. I feel like yeah, but, yeah. Anyway, um, but you, I cut you off though. Were you saying something? No, that's. Uh, I, w- I was going to make one other comment on 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 uh, Husker basketball. 
and this is the revenue that uh, that they listed the top 32 teams in terms of revenue for for Nebraska, in this case Nebraska men's and women's basketball but all the programs 32 of them and Nebraska came in at number 27 which is a little ahead of UCLA ahead of Tennessee ahead of Minnesota 18.7 million uh wow. that's 16.8 for men's and about a buck point eight for women's you know, and, and this is, again, this is total revenue for, for basketball for the, the universities. You know, the number one team is Duke. You know what they take in each year in, in terms of well, basketball? I want 30 million, maybe? 47 million. Oh, my goodness. 45 from men's basketball and about 2.6 from women. 47 and Nebraska's at 18.7 million. That's nuts. I, mean, I guess That's it's nuts. not surprising there would be a difference, but forty-seven right. million. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, wow, that's that's nuts. Uh, and these these colleges make so much money, and that's why I think. I mean, we're going to talk about NIL uh, later if we get to it. I think there's been a couple of things going on with that, but um, and this the, the NIL stuff is just kind of balanced out a little bit, or at least tried to. Um, but I, I think it's kind of failed a little bit. We've talked about that before. So, yeah. um, but still, you bring in like that is the reason that those numbers are the reason why uh, a lot of these kids are in favor of NIL. Where it's these colleges, you're making forty-seven million dollars off. Well, let's see right. how many players do you think? I mean, you take well, take out the take out the women's side. So what, forty forty-five million uh, yeah. about uh, for Duke uh, off the men's team? How many kids do you think really play all that often? Like, I mean, you have five starters. And you have three or four guys, maybe that rotate in, uh, probably maybe five up to five. So that's each player you're making, what like four million off each player, which is that's that's nuts. Like, that's why that's why NL is such a thing that needs to balance that out. So anyway, but if we get to that, we'll get to that later. But let's let's talk some Husker softball. Uh, we haven't talked about them in a in a little bit yeah. here. Yeah. Um, they lost on Friday to Michigan ten one. Uh, that's eh, uh, not not what you want to see. Uh, but Michigan has been a perennial uh, power when it comes to women's softball, especially in the Big Ten. Uh, they play Michigan. They played Michigan yesterday. I've yet to see a final score for that. Or sorry, they beat them eight nothing in eight innings, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is pretty good. I mean, turnaround. You lose ten one, you win by eight. That's a pretty darn good turnaround. And and in eight innings, I I think that's a mercy rule because they usually they play until what nine is softball as well. Um, so yeah. Um, and then they play Michigan today as well. So we'll see how that goes. Nebraska's overall record on the softball side, 25, 11, 25 and 11 and five and two in the big 10. Yeah. So then they've, they've played more games than the men and they look, the record looks better when it, when you have 25 wins, yeah. that looks way better than 15. Even if the men team feel like they've been playing better. I don't know. Do you think that this Nebraska softball team can defend the big 10 crown from last year's team? I don't know. I it's yeah. I think so. Sure. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I mean, I mean, there. yeah. There's a lot, and uh, I mean, you they they lost some uh, some of their some of their talent from last year, but they brought back a, a large majority of it to build around. And uh, I mean, when you have a softball team that's been as successful as Nebraska's has these past couple of years, you're going to recruit some kids, uh, especially when you come off a Big Ten championship. Kids are going to want to come to your school yeah. uh, to yeah. play. Uh, to play softball. So 
we'll see how that goes for them. Good luck against Michigan on today for them. I guess we'll see. We'll talk about that next week. Um, all right. So, Grappa, you put this in here. I haven't seen anything about this. Uh, do you want to explain the whole Redway Airlines situation here? Yeah. It, it, you know, the, the recruiting areas that Nebraska has worked, um, you know, for years is traditionally, obviously, Texas. And we, we've, we've not done a good job lately of, of recruiting in the state of Texas. But with Matt Rule there, they, they have, we'll talk about the, the other commitment that Nebraska just got, a uh, football commitment. He's from uh, from Texas, but they're having they're starting this summer, and I love the name of it, Redway Airlines. It's like, did Matt Rule put this thing together? This is crazy. <laughs> we have uh, flights from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, Austin, and Dallas, Texas, and then you know Las Vegas and some other cities that may maybe aren't that great recruiting beds. But that's been a problem for Nebraska for decades, just getting kids up here. If you have a, a noon kickoff or you know an early kickoff on Saturday, getting kids to come up from Texas, they usually miss part of the first quarter. They miss out on the tunnel walk ceremony. I mean, that's you gotta you have to experience that. You gotta do that. So I don't know. I don't know how this happens that an airline decides to to uh have flights coming from your recruiting areas. I'd like to think Matt Rule waved his magic wand. <laughs> well, but, I'm. I think it probably is Trev. I don't think Matt, I Matt Rule know. might tell you the same thing. Um, I don't. I don't know. It might be Trev just working at this and getting getting this finalized. And it happened to look like it was Matt Rule, but uh, I, I feel like Matt doesn't really. He doesn't want it to be about him. So I don't think he would do that kind of stuff. But who knows? Maybe it was. Maybe it was a combination. But my guess is it's probably mainly Trev. So you know, these the, for a lot of the players, they don't they have to play a Friday night, so they can't come in Friday. You know, if they're high school players, and the parents have jobs, so they can't just leave that. But if they can come up here in the Saturday morning, you know, eight o'clock, and get into Lincoln at nine or whatever, they don't miss a, a beat. The parents don't have to spend the entire you know three day weekend. They can make it uh, staying overnight one night. I think it's a great. It's just it's amazing. I, Again, I don't know who who did this. How do you <laughs> and they name it Red Airline? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's that's. I mean, this is huge. Um, and if uh, this is going to last, Nebraska recruiting wise, for decades, this is not just a oh, let's like we're getting all this attention from Matt Roll. No, no, this is going to stay. Uh, and having this is going to be a huge asset for Nebraska. So I mean, this the, you're not gonna be you're gonna, not gonna the players aren't gonna miss anything, all the tradition, everything, which I feel like right. is a recruiting part in itself. Right. Um, exactly. Just about Nebraska, there's not all yeah. these schools have tradition like Notre Dame does, uh, Alabama to a certain extent does. That's more of a modern tradition. Nebraska has that older tradition, like maybe a Texas or an Oklahoma to a certain extent. You have a history um, that that's beyond the last twenty years of success and. Uh, amazing stories of players coming through and being uh, un, like not really seen and then coming up and playing amazing. So it's, it's that kind of stuff where you walk into the stadium, you see all the uh, inscriptions written on the, in the corners of the stadium, you see the tunnel walk, uh, you get to experience the hype. 
Uh, we're yet to hear if balloons are coming back this year, but if <laughs> balloons come back, then you get to see that. Um, but we got, I mean, we got to keep track on that cause that's important. I want a balloon at the spring game. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> um, but, uh, speaking of the spring game, this is, I think this is really, I saw this come out. I think they announced this on Thursday or Wednesday of this past week, but Frank Solich is going to be honored at this year's spring game, which uh, I think is, I mean, you can't ask for better timing. Matt rule. I yeah. watched this press conference from today. Uh, or sorry, from yeah, I think from today or yesterday. I know from yesterday. He doesn't. They don't have practice on Sundays. Um, from from yesterday, um, and he was talking about uh, f- seeing Frank Solich, and he still texts him because they're friends from uh, when Matt was a OC at Temple. They would play all, Frank Solich's Ohio every single year in the MAC championship game, and they'd always lose to him. But he was like, I, <laughs> he was joking. He was like, I, he was like, we always lost to him. You just get there and always <laughs> lost to him. So, uh, But he said he has a lot of respect for Frank Solich, and so that'll be really, really awesome to see, uh, especially if I can get out there, then that would be great to, to just see Frank Solich. And it's been 20 years, and he deserves it. He was a huge part to Nebraska's uh, success in the early 2000s, and uh, it was really unfortunate the way it ended for him, but I, I think that that was a huge mistake on the part of uh, AD at the time. So, yeah, but what what are your thoughts on Frank Solich being honored? Yeah, I think game? he's been reluctant to come back because he doesn't want the spotlight to be on himself. And then Trove Albert said, but, you know, with all due respect, Frank, it's not about you. It's about the Husker fans, and they want to be able to honor him. And I think it's I think it's awesome. I, I, I was not a huge – Frank Solich fan of taking over the head coaching job, but he was treated just terribly. I I've heard the story about how he got dismissed and it was, it was cutting off. It's one thing to fire somebody, one thing to cut him off at the knees. And that's what Steve Peterson apparently did. So I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that, that Frank is coming back. And um, uh, he was a fullback. I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever met him. I mean, he's a little guy. <laughs> and he played yeah. against Air Force and ran for over 200 yards as a fullback. Wow. Well, and and, and Rule was talking about that. He was like, he, he was like, oh, yeah, Solich knows my affinity for the fullback and everything because Solich had, was a fullback and that kind of stuff. So he understands. And then he said that uh, during that Michigan TCU playoff game, I think Michigan's first play was uh, Donovan Edwards running for like 60-something yards, and he goes, got a text from Solich right there. See, that's fullbacks. There's still our place for fullbacks. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah. I love it. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, they've had about uh, 52,000 tickets sold to that game. I, I think that's. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's going up. Uh, last week we talked about it's 45,000. I just double-clicked right. that number. But uh, the last year was 54,000. It's going to be higher than that. Can guarantee you that. Right. Um, and who knows? I mean, they could get to pass the eighty-five thousand mark. They, they got to eighty-five thousand in twenty nineteen. They could get past that once the news gets out that uh, Husker Dan and Will Noder from Jesco are going to be at the game. <laughs> uh, so I mean, who knows? Who knows how many tickets we're going to sell? We could have to. We're going to have to build some new seats. Who knows? There you go. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's 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 really exciting. And of course, people are going to want to go to this because it's a new coaching regime here. Uh, with uh, with Matt Rule, so it is it's very exciting to see what's going to happen in the spring game. He's had the quarterbacks been the quarterbacks have been live in practice. At least they were in the scrimmage that they yeah. did uh, yesterday. Yeah. So to your point, where your grandpa's always been frustrated about let them tackle and I feel it's yeah. a very I, I, excuse me for saying it's a very old person thing to say that. I understand why you're saying that. Uh, it's like a, who cares? Be tough, whatever. 
Um, and I get it, but I think it's smart for them not to. Um, but anyway, so, uh, but who knows? Maybe it's trending in the direction of he's going to let it happen. So, I mean, I'd love to see. I'm not going to be sad if he's like, oh, they're letting him hit. Oh, why? But uh, no, I think it'd be great. Uh, but I just, I, I think it's more important to keep these guys healthy for, for the season because you can't lose a Jeff Sims. You can't lose a Ramir Johnson or anything like that. That's going to be a big problem, or especially Casey's probably not going to play. So it is going to be Jeff Sims and probably Heinrich or Chuba that's going to be on the other side, but we'll see. Uh, all right. You have a big list here of some spring uh, practice topics from this week. What do you want to talk about first here, grandpa? Um, well, <laughs> one of the things I happen to, I happen to read this. Uh, they have, you know, as you're well aware of, uh, Matt Rule has installed a bunch of team building exercises and they, yeah, you know, they're, it's, I think that's, is that going to win games this fall? Maybe not, not by themselves, but I think that they are a part of the whole package. So in one of these drills that they do and each, uh, there are two players who are, who are teamed together. And the, and the task is each of them has to, carry the other one from sideline to sideline and it's timed and you know i'm sure they're keeping track of all that and you say well yeah that sounds all right you just pair them up you know so you got you got uh, a db who is omar brown he's 61195 and who is he paired up with teddy prohaska who he's is 610320 <laughs> I mean that I would have paid money to see that. I mean, that is just amazing. I I, oh I started goodness. laughing when I saw that. I mean, they had to know. They had to know. Oh yeah. Coaches. Oh yeah. Now you have to lug this big guy six ten. He's an area code for goodness sakes. <laughs> yeah, he is. I mean, and uh, Matt Rule is also talking about that press conference that I watched. That he was like Omar Brown's been really standing out. He didn't mention this team building thing, but uh, just looking at that, putting those two pieces together, they want to push him. They want to see where his where his breaking point is. And uh, I mean, sounds like he did it because he's still impressing Matt Rule. So uh, that's that is that's that's pretty nuts. That's that's really funny. I, I did laugh when I was reading your email here. I just was like, wow. So that's 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 what we've come to here. But uh, I mean, that's that kind of stuff. As you said, it's not going to win games in the fall necessarily. But uh, when you get in close games, that's when that kind of stuff is going to matter. When you have that team, like they're all picking each other up. I mean, in this case, they're literally picking each other up. Um, but they're 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 there for each other. They got each other's backs. That's the important part. That's what you can't have these little snips going in between when you're down by a three with two minutes left and you got one drive, you can't have someone having a problem with a drop pass or something like that. Just move on next play. Who cares? Uh, and that's the kind of stuff that's going to do that. So you want to talk about uh, what Matt has said uh, is that he's going to look at his, his players and maybe move some kids to play other positions, maybe an and or kind of deal. You want to talk about uh, some of those players who have been. Yeah. Designated. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, as you're saying, yes, he he's rules wanting to kind of shuffle the deck. He doesn't, he's kind of like clean sheet of paper guy. He doesn't really care what you've done in the past for what coach. Uh, he just wants to see what you can do now. And so he doesn't really care where you're playing. He's like he, the first uh, press conference he had for spring practice. I watched that last week and he was, he was like, yeah, I don't like players are going to try new positions. I don't care. Like if you, if we think you're a good fit here in our scheme, you're going to play here. 
Like, if you don't like it, then that's fine. You can play here and try to work your way into the team that way, but you're going to have to work for it. So I'm not just going to hand you stuff, which I think is a very important thing to do, uh, especially in today's culture where you have, like, I mean, people, everything just gets handed out for free and all that kind of stuff. He's like, no, you have to earn it now. You got to earn it. And uh, A.J. Rollins is going to be playing. He was a tight end. Um, and he might be playing on the D line now. They've been kind of going back and forth there. Uh, Prince will, uh, the recruit we talked so much about. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah, not saying the last name there. <laughs> we talked about that. Um, but yeah, Prince will, he, he's either going to be uh, a middle linebacker or D line. They're still figuring out where he's fitting in there. MJ Sherman, Jamari Butler, Maverick Noonan, Elijah Judy, and Kai Wallen. Kai Wallen was a uh, Juco transfer. Elijah Judy's the yep. transfer from Texas A&M. Uh, Maverick Noonan also just got recruited. They're both looking – all those guys uh, are looking to find their spot, uh, and they're they're seeing if they're going to play linebacker or on the D-line. They're trying to figure out where they're going to fit in there. Uh, I feel like the linebacker, D-line kind of thing is a little bit easier to flip just because it's some of the same skills. You have to be good in pass coverage if you're a linebacker, um, but you can also play hand in the dirt if you're a linebacker. It, not, yeah. if, not, not for Prince Will being a middle linebacker, but, um, yeah, so we'll see what, where, where that goes. And then also you added new positions with the uh, new defensive scheme of Tony White. You add in the Jack linebacker and then the Rover. Uh, so there are, two, there are some secondary uh, players that are learning new positions. And Kyle, uh, sorry, Corver, De- Dema, uh, Javen Wright, and Chief Borders. Chief Borders is the transfer from Florida, one of the three that we got. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see, what are your thoughts on all this shuffling? Are you for this? Do you, do you, does it matter to you? I think it, he has to do that. And you and I've been talking over the last several weeks about, you know, you got to get down this summer to 85 scholarships and they were over a hundred. So you got to, there's 15, 16, maybe 17 kids, maybe more because they probably want to keep some scholarships open for, uh, the transfer portal that's going to take place next month. But I, yeah, I think, and it's smart for the kids. And and Matt Rule has a history of taking kids from one position, put them in another, and they succeed, excel, they're in the NFL. Yeah. So I think it's it's brilliant. I don't know. I don't know if the prior coaching staff did much of that. I don't uh, think so because I haven't heard a lot of this positions. Which like this is this seems new to me. Um, and I know that's Rule's thing, as you were saying, but. Yeah, I don't. This is not something that I've seen from Scott Frost. They did so. some of it, but uh, to this degree, I, I'm I'm not sure if they've yeah I've seen that. Um, yeah, and that's. I mean, I just write off like what, like about ten names there. That right. if it was Scott Frost, it was like maybe two or three, and that's why we yeah. didn't really talk about it. Right, so. right, right. Um, but yeah, um, let's move on a little bit. Do you want to address this? A little? I know we. I said we were going to talk about this a little bit when I was talking about NIL. Uh, but Congress is considering tackling the NIL, the the current NIL issue. Um, that's that's going to probably get worse uh, before it gets better in college athletics. What what are your thoughts on that? You included that in there for a reason. Can you? What are they considering doing? Do you know? I haven't researched into. No, it's they're just in the initial. I, I get nervous with Congress gets involved in anything. To be honest with you, but yeah, I'm with you on uh, that. But the NIL issue is, I mean, it's here to stay. I, I don't think this ever going to go away, and. Um, but it is, it's a wild, wild west. And there, there have to be some, it's like building a freeway. Okay. Can we drive 180 miles an hour on that? And uh, no, I, I think you probably should put some restrictions on 
driving. Um, you know, so if they can put some parameters that everybody can live with and that are fair, I, I, I think that'll, you know, that'll be good. I just don't trust Congress to come up with the solutions to much of it. Yeah. And I mean, and, and this, this issue already had like, Congress doesn't need to get involved here. This is, I don't think this is Congress. This isn't the government's place to get involved uh, because there already is a governing body for college athletics. It's the NCAA. Right. Let them do it. If they don't want to figure it out, then blame them for it. No one's going to blame you, the government. No one's going to blame congressmen for NIL. That's right. irrational. Even if it, even if they get slightly involved, it's like, okay, it's not their problem. The NCAA created this problem in the first place. So let them fix their problem. Leave them alone. Don't bail them out. They don't need to be bailed out. They need to learn a lesson. The NCAA has been uh, overreaching boundaries, and not. I, I'm not a big fan of the NCAA. I think they've held back some of these kids um, yes. from doing what they can do and earning the kind of money that they can and supporting their families and uh, making careers and lives for themselves. Uh, and they've they've made some dumb decisions. And I think that this is something that they just need to face. If you keep letting them get out of their problems with government. Uh, overreach in in them kind of overlording and taking the problem away from them and fixing it for them, they're not going to learn anything. So th this is what, I mean, this is not something that should be happening. Uh, as you said, a little bit nervous about this. I hope that they kind of just leave this alone and leave it to the NCAA uh, or to the colleges mm -hmm. in general. I don't know, but we'll see. I don't, I will have to I see. Don't, I, don't, I don't see the NCAA as, I think they did want to stay the heck out of it because they were so afraid of lawsuits from schools that they just said, eh, I'm out of this thing. I think yeah. the AA is going to be gone at some point. Um, yeah. And I honestly, I think that this NIL thing right here, this might be its destruction and the way it's treating it. If it was to, um, I think that they waited too long. I think, I think you're right. I think that they, now they're like, okay, now they kind of have to stay out of it. They don't really have a choice because right. if they try to get back into it now, they're just going to get annihilated. They were too weak when it came when it became a problem in the first place to squash it then, and now it's just kept growing on them. So it's like, okay, well, you should have taken action a year ago. You should have taken action seven months ago. Who like They've taken action with the transfer portal, made those windows, and that kind of stuff. They haven't really done anything else when it comes to that. I think that that was smart, and that was a good way to address the problem, um, and, and I think they kind of fixed that side of it. Uh, with the transfer portal, it does make recruiting and all that stuff harder. Um, but when they approved NIL and all this kind of stuff, I mean, you got to know that this is coming. So uh, oh, they they yeah, had absolutely. they would have had to uh, figure out something, and they just didn't take action. And now it's a problem that's probably going to destroy them. Which uh, we'll have to see where that goes and how long that takes. But it's going to be their downfall. I think is is this NIL thing. We're uh, running kind of short on time here, but I wanted to talk about Ramir Johnson. He is, I, I watched the Iowa Nebraska game from you and I got to watch it together, which was fantastic. Oh yeah. I watched the replay of that and, and Ramir Johnson ran really well. They just didn't use him very often. Uh, and he's catching the eye of the coaching staff and uh, that, you know, I know this is only two weeks into the, to the uh, spring practice, but uh, I'm, I'm glad to see that. I think Ramir Johnson was, is going to be a, a tremendous player for him. And then we got uh, a new recruit uh, from Texas. Do you want to talk about Gibson? Yeah. So Gibson pile is a, uh, I, is that how you say that pile? Yeah, I think. Okay. Uh, it's, he's an offensive lineman. He's a, the second 2024 commit we have, 
so there's been a lot. I mean, Dylan Raleigh is a 2024 recruit, but he's not committed anywhere yet. Um, let's see. He's six. He's six feet, uh, about five inches, 275 in high school. He can play guard or center. He's from Houston. Um, he joins uh, Roger Gradney, also from Garwood, Texas. Uh, he's the other 2024 commit. But you get that offensive lineman commit. Uh, I haven't looked into him. I probably should for next week so we can talk about uh, star rankings and that kind of stuff. Maybe I can bring yeah. it up briefly. But, um, yeah, so second recruit from Texas already for 2024. Is, that, that's huge. First two recruits being from Texas and one of them from Houston, which is an uh, extremely hard market to get into. Yeah. Well, uh, we're running out of time. I think yes. so. Yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah. Did you have anything you want to say about them? Real no, quick? just, well, give, give me, well, first I'm going to say, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everyone, uh, I am this much closer. You can't see what I'm doing. I'm holding my fingers about an inch apart. Uh, I'm this much closer to getting a Twitter. Uh, and I'll let you guys know when that comes out. So thank you guys for listening. And as always go, go big, big red. red. We'll talk to you guys next week.